Hello, fellow seeker. You got Sarah here. You're going to hear from Greer, my co-host and right-hand woman, very shortly as we get into this episode. And we're bringing something very special to you, a topic that we have never talked about here on the podcast, which is after you have committed to your personal growth, after you have witnessed such amazing shifts in your life, you know that you're thinking differently, your emotions are regulated differently, your reactions are different, you've had this huge awakening and you truly feel that up-levelment of who you are and, and the life that you're living, how do you go about navigating that new version of yourself in the dating world? How do you trust yourself to make different decisions getting into a relationship than what you've made in the past? Perhaps you've had toxic relationships in the past and you don't want to make those same mistakes and you're like, I, I'm confused. How do I go about this? And even you might be thinking, well, now I know that maybe 95% of the population of men out there who perhaps haven't developed themselves, you know, aren't on your list of uh, dating criteria. You're kind of left with all these questions of how to navigate this, this new terrain. And so I have my good friend, my soul sister, Claudia, coming on the show. She's been on the show quite a few times. In fact, we did a whole life chat series about a year and a half ago um, here on the show, which was such an incredible four-part series of what her growth looked like and tools and mindset shifts and like all the things of what it takes to grow. And we brought her back on the show. She actually just came here from uh, from Montreal. And so we're all physically sitting together having this great conversation. You get to be a bit of a like a fly on the wall type of thing. And so Claudia is in the dating world. She's on a dating app. She's going on dates, having conversations. And Greer is in that contemplation stage of whether she is going to get back out and dating after a year and a half of coming out of a relationship that truly uh, pulled the uh, rug out from underneath of her of what happened. And she's like, I don't know, how do I go about doing this? And so if you are in this situation as well, and maybe you haven't been dating for a while, and you're just like, I don't, I don't know, like, I just don't know how to do this. You're going to love this conversation. We also talk a lot about attachment styles and relationship dynamics and toxic behaviors and all the things that go into relationship dynamics. And so I just absolutely loved sitting down with my sisters and and just unpacking all of this. And so, yeah, let's dive into the episode. Just before we do, though, I want to make a little note here for you that this will be the last podcast episode before 2024. We're taking about a, uh, you know, a two and a half month break I might throw out like a clip here and there from some stuff and some deep dives that are going on behind the scenes in my community, the Aligned Sisterhood. But just to be fully transparent, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast consistently over this year, you'll know that it's been a a very challenging year for me from many different aspects. And one of those has been my health. There's some things that are going on that uh, I can't, I'm not really getting clear answers for and I'm still digging and seeing specialists and so forth but my capacity is very low my energy is taxed very easily and so with that there had to come a an executive decision of the low capacity I have for my work hours 
and where that time and energy was going to be spent. And with that decision came putting the podcast on a hold just for a short period of time because of some projects and some work that actually need to be done behind the scenes in terms of like client resources and client journey and, you know, stuff that my partner Joe needs for all the incredible work that he's doing with his clients. And yeah, I've taken breaks with the podcast before. I I think I took a year break through 2021. And so I will be back. Greer and I will be back and we will have so many stories and probably just this huge list of content that we want to sit down and talk to you about. And so go back to past episodes if you haven't listened to everything here on this show. There's so much content. I've been running this podcast since 2018. So five years now? Holy crap. So there's lots of content here if you haven't listened to everything. And 100%, I promise, I pinky swear, we will be back very shortly. Okay? Enjoy the episode. You are listening to the Fulfillment Project Podcast. My name is Sarah Funnel, your host, fellow sister seeker, and author of Follow the Joy, the book on aligned manifestation. This show is your spot for spiritual and personal development. It's your soft landing into a place for you to embody your truth and reclaim your sovereign power. I've been a coach for more than a decade, helping thousands of people transform their lives. And I'll be sharing the most effective and profound tools to help you step into the most abundant, joyful, and fulfilled version of yourself. I'm so glad we found each other here today. My promise to you is that this show will support you to live from a fully embodied and aligned space so that you can reach your goals, share your gifts with the world, and step into a life that is truly your own. Take my hand, dear sister, and let's jump in. Claudia, welcome back to the show. I'm happy to be here. Yes, you've been on the show. Have you been on solo by yourself before? Yeah, twice. Yeah, we did the uh, Life Chat series last year mm-hmm. in 2022. We had four episodes. Yep. You were on with Emma and myself when mm-hmm. I was visiting you in the Montreal area. Yep. And now you just actually drove five and a half hours. Just got here. <laughs> yeah, and you're here in the GTA. We are live here in person, and Greer is with us as well. Yes. Hi, everyone. I'm also here. <laughs> yes. And you've been on Claudia's podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We Our episode dropped pretty recently, actually. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I actually loved your episode. I listened to that all oh, around perfectionism. Yep. Yeah, it was a great episode. And you've been on my podcast, Sarah, too. Actually, the only guest with Barat that's been on twice. So when I launched it and then to celebrate my 100th episode last year. So we were on talking about my book. Yes, we were. And now here we are, are all three of us together. I know. What a full circle moment. (laughs) Or a triangle because we're three. Yeah. (laughs) A full triangle moment. (laughs) Oh, Claudia. So we, uh, last time you were on, we were on your life chat series, just talking about growth in general, like your full growth journey. And I've witnessed you step into a different level of growth than what I've ever seen in you before. And it's interesting, you know, being in these circles of us all growing and evolving, there's something that you actually sense and see and watch in patterns of languaging and behavior when a a close friend of yours um, doesn't make the same decisions anymore, the behaviors change. And it's like, and I've said to you so many times, I'm like, oh my God, like, I'm so proud of you. Like, you're doing it. (laughs) I'm doing it. (laughs) You're doing it. (laughs) We're all doing it. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so you actually spent most of, well, the first quarter of this year traveling um, and last fall traveling as well. And you hadn't been away for that long, you know, since COVID hit. We were all grounded for quite some time. So I'd love for you just to share your traveling journey and what that was like to actually be free and Yay. I was going to say on the road again, but maybe in the <laughs> sky again. <laughs> oh man, boats, planes, trains, all of them. Um, yeah, so I spent the fall of 2022 in Europe and then I came home for the holidays and then I spent the winter in Latin America. So Colombia mostly and then a couple of weeks in uh, Costa Rica. So it was about eight months of being back on the road uh, in my nomad life, uh, which I've done in the past. But yeah, like you mentioned during COVID, um, I just stayed home and worked on the business and it was great. But before my trip, I went through this, you know, four months, like dark night of the soul and just like a hero's journey with a smile on my face because I knew that something awesome was going to come out of it. And it ended up being, yeah, this eight month traveling, being free, connecting to my values again, which are like, you know, minimalistic lifestyle, freedom, packing up and just leaving, doing whatever I want. Um, took quite a step back from my business in the fall while I was in Europe. Um, I went to see some friends I hadn't seen in forever, uh, discovered so many beautiful places, met some new friends, and I just worked maybe like eight to 10 hours a week. So that was huge for me to be like, okay, this is not a year where I'll be growing the business. I'm going to be stepping back and I'm going to keep my one-on-one clients. I'm not going to be launching anything. And it's really okay if I don't make more as much money as you know, 2021 and 2020, which was also a sign of growth because mm-hmm. past Claudia mm-hmm. would have been like, well, no, you know, success yeah. as an entrepreneur, you got to make more and always be grinding and growing the business. So I had so much fun, like so many awesome stories and good memories. And because I love the sun and the heat, I was like, yeah, I'm still going to keep traveling for the winter. So I went back to Colombia and it was, we were talking about full circle I had the epiphany of Karmakin. I, I think I mentioned that on the live, uh, live chat uh, yeah. series in 2016. Was I was on the beach in Colombia and got hit by this universe download. Like I'm going to start an online business and it's going to be called Karmakin. So I went back to that exact same spot on that exact same oh, wow. beach. That's so cool. Yeah, almost like seven years after just reliving that moment. I was like, wow, like look at my business now, like seven years later. And then in 2017, when I got, went back to Colombia the second time, that's when my app uh, was um, like live. That's when my website, you know, got like available, quote unquote, uh, to the public. So again, just like full circle and just appreciating, you know, the last few years. So yeah, I had a great time. Uh, went back fully, um, like launching a challenge while I was in Colombia, which was great. I did a free challenge, like a seven day free challenge. And it was called uh, the dream life challenge. It was like, I'm living my dream life yeah. right yeah. now. Like, like living it. In Colombia. you had a pretty awesome launch. Oh yeah. I, I was just so aligned. <laughs> like it was so easy. You imagine you're like, it's so easy. Yeah. And it was the perfect, I think it was my first launch where I could say that it was perfectly balanced between the feminine and the masculine energy because I was in my divine aligned masculine energy for the launch and like doing all the things but I was loving it so it was a lot of work and a lot of time on that launch but then I would go to the beach and go out and go dancing and just free flow for the rest of my day because I was living on the beach in Colombia mm-hmm. so yeah so that was great and then I went to uh, Costa Rica it was my second time in Costa Rica I met with a good friend who's also a shaman we did a ayahuasca ceremony uh, we could talk about that for 10 hours and that's not the purpose <laughs> of this podcast but um, then I came home at the end of March uh, after that uh, that experience mm-hmm. 
And of course, this was all before I had met you. I know, right? Right? I feel like, like I've known you for 10 years. I know. Or 10 lifetimes. <laughs> it, it, it's shocking to me that like, like how recently you and I have like yeah. met. Yeah, that was just like back in May. Yeah. I know. And also a lifetime ago. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. Like, you know, we got our soul tribe, right? And you know, mm-hmm. Emma and Alex aren't here, but you meet girlfriends and it's just like, it's like I've known you forever and yeah. you can just pick up conversation and talk yeah, for hours. For sure. Agree. You know more about my life and like some really deep <laughs> personal stuff and like something pretty big happened in my personal life like last week and like you, Sarah and Emma are like the first three women. I was like, I'm just going to reach out to them and share with them what happened, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, grateful for that, mm-hmm. uh, that safe space, you know, to be there for each other and share all the goods and the the challenges oh, it's been and like life-changing for me <laughs> good um so you did an ayahuasca ceremony and i know it wasn't just that but there was a lot of revelations coming back from uh traveling yeah um what would you say your biggest revelation was yeah um the biggest biggest thing was that i was i hadn't realized i was this exhausted from doing everything alone and by myself. Mm. I take a lot of pride in like, quote unquote, how far I've come, you know, being only 32 and, you know, all my travels and growing a business, but growing a business by myself, living by myself, traveling by myself, you know? And I was shown in ayahuasca ceremony that like, yes, during this lifetime, but also previous lifetime. So my soul has been doing a lot of like solo work Mm. for a while. And even though I have great healthy habits and I have a lot of quote unquote energy, I still felt very exhausted. So when I came home, one of my first and biggest intention was like, I'm done doing everything by myself. And I don't know what that's going to look like. And I just asked the universe like, okay, business wise, just show me ways where I can collaborate, create partnerships, not build everything from scratch anymore. And like so many beautiful people just like fell, you know, in my LinkedIn Mm -hmm. inbox and like on Instagram or like at a networking event. And I've been creating a lot of things with different entrepreneurs and the other people in the, you know, wellness area, well, wellness to feel. So that's been great. And then the other area that's always been a bit of a challenge for me was obviously like the dating and like being open to have a partner like a man that could share the travels and the goals and just life with me which is uh yeah a whole different (laughs) level of openness and being ready to receive and there's still so much healing that had to be done there so yeah that was my main uh, revelation and intention when I got back I've been having a lot of conversations with both of you um, who are both mm-hmm. single. Uh, Joe and I are going on eight years together. And, you know, the main conversations that I've been having with you guys and that you guys have been having with me is around like after you wake up and you're growing and you're evolving and you see so much and you see toxic patterns and you can just see red flags right away or you're actually aware of um like your role in past relationships and things that went wrong there, you know, how do you get out and date? And, and, you know, that's been kind of the topic of of conversation so often because I, and I also hear from other people that it's, it can sometimes be difficult um, to be out there and dating when there is so much awareness. And so how are you guys navigating that? Greer, we just look at each other. (laughs) Um, I think it's different. Like, Claudia and I are at very different places. Um, 
I know that for me, I'm probably still in that contemplation phase. I have not been on a date. I am not on dating apps. Uh, and I think after my last relationship ended, like there, there was just no way. There was no way I was going to be letting anyone anywhere near me. Um, I needed to, you know, figure out where reality was. I needed to learn how to trust again, especially in myself and in my choice and partner. And it has taken me almost two years to just get to the point where I am open to even having the conversation. Like I really didn't even want to talk about this. I mean, obviously I'm here on the podcast. I wanted to do this podcast, but before, you know, talking to Claudia, talking to Sarah, that wasn't even a conversation I wanted to have. I was like, I am safe when I am alone Mm -hmm. and I can control things and no one can hurt me again. Uh, but also realizing that my long-term goals of like, yeah, I, I, I do want to share my life with someone and I do want to have a family. So how I'm living right now, is it necessarily aligned with those long-term goals and working to bridge that gap? And honestly, my conversations with both of you ladies have been so helpful. Claudia too, because you have shared so many stories of like actually going on a date and actually (laughs) going on apps, which again is I'm not there, but maybe one day I will be. And just having someone I can talk to and seeing someone else kind of be like a role model to go through and like, hey, I've gone through something similar. I'm going out there. I'm putting myself out there. I'm meeting these new people and it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I can be observant. I can see who is aligned with me, who is not. Um, And just being, yeah, watchful and enjoying the experience maybe Mm -hmm. yeah I see not as someone who is single but I I can see it as being such a great training ground to be getting out dating to actually put all of your quote-unquote work to work (laughs) to, to use and so Claudia you know I know you have been out there and you have been dating and you are on dating apps and so you know, um, more specifically, you know, through the summer getting started with all that. So what has that been? Yeah, it's like, that's exactly it. Like, it's just been a training ground for me. So I've always had a lot, a lot of resistance uh, when it comes to dating apps, because I'm such an like, energetic person, like I'll see somebody like 100 meters away, and I'll feel it right away. I can't explain it. Like, that's just how I am. So I was like, to me, it did not make sense in my brain that you would go on an app and then you would pick somebody that could potentially be your partner or even somebody that you get close with based on like a couple photos and like a few lions and like, you know, a photo of them with like their fish or like their dog, you know? (laughs) So I've always had a lot of resistance um, because for me, I was like, well, it it, it has to be natural and it's just going to happen, you know? Yeah, like, sorry, not to cut you off, but like, again, I also have that same resistance. I want that meet cute. I want the like natural, the universe just dumped someone in front of me. (laughs) I didn't have to do anything. And now we're together and it's great. So I really, really relate to that. Yeah. So I really had to shift my mindset and shift my intention. Like, why am I signing up to this dating app? So I I legit had a conversation with the universe. I was like, okay, I am signing up on this dating app because I want to see where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I want to see 
the thoughts that I still have, the fears that I still have around dating, the tr if my trust issues are still there, you know, am I really open or I'm just, this is just a story that I'm telling myself because I'm obviously tired of being alone, you know? So, and I was like, universe, I'm moving, I'm doing the work on myself. So I'm not signing up on the app with the intention of meeting, quote unquote, the one or meeting, you know, my partner. But because I'm doing that, I'm showing you that I'm actually ready. So if by chance I could meet someone naturally at the gym or at a networking event, that would be amazing. <laughs> so that was my intention. And it was so amazing to just observe myself, especially the first few weeks. I think it was two weeks before I actually liked somebody back. Mm, and because wow. of all the work I've been doing, and we all know about the observer scene and just observing and being aware that you're aware and just watching yourself. I was like, oh, look at you. You think that by liking somebody back, that means that he's going to be your husband, mm. you know, in the future. Like first step, like just, just start a conversation. Actually, you don't even have to start a conversation. You can just match with someone. So I would give myself like little goals, you know, like, oh, this week actually match with somebody. And then next week, let, let's start a conversation. But that took like weeks and mm. I, I was laughing at myself. I didn't want to make a big deal out of it. And that was my biggest thing too. No, but I remember you telling me that and that was like, that was an epiphany moment for me. I'm like, oh yeah, things do progress quite slowly sometimes. Yeah. And um, it's not like you go on one date with someone and then you project yourself walking down the aisle with them. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, on this really on this one hour interaction, I'm going to paint the rest of my life with this person <laughs> and see what it looks like. Like, no. You can actually just have a one-hour conversation and it be a one-hour conversation. Exactly. You can actually just like another person back and it doesn't mean that you are risking life and limb mm -hmm. in the process. Yeah. And it's interesting because my other pattern with now, it sounds like it's the complete opposite. I used to find all the reasons why this guy was not suitable for like a date. All the reasons or the excuses why I wouldn't even open myself up to this guy or like mm -hmm. go on a date, right? Oh, he doesn't fit this criteria, then no. He doesn't have this blah, blah, blah. Or like that one photo. But that's just um, a defense mechanism, For sure. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was cool to like see myself go from one extreme to the other and like, okay, what's the middle ground? So like there was one a date and I was like, oh, the guy is short. And then I could just watch all the stories while... People think, again, you project your own shit on other people. Yeah. People think, like my family and my friends, like they think that I'm going to end up with this tall, muscular guy, obviously, because Claudia works out. But like, what are you going to say if I end up with a guy who's shorter? And then just watching this, you're like, I really don't need the story. And like, mm -hmm. it's just not true. You know, mm -hmm. like, why would I say no to a potential date if he's calm, he's nice, we have a great conversation just because he, he's short and people expect me to be with like a, you know, taller, more muscular man. So there was a lot of stories that, you know, just, I just had to prove to myself that they were not real anymore and they were just programs and yeah, just stories. So that was cool to kind of like, yeah, this one, nope, not serving me anymore. And this <laughs> one, yeah, nope, that's just a projection. Yeah. So it was a great training ground, a great, great, great training ground. I think that's a perfect example of, you know, being in the observer seat and like witnessing the story and then choosing not to engage, engage, you know, we did a whole podcast on the kind of 
our perception of the different levels of self-awareness and how to take self-awareness into actual practicality. And I think that's a great example of that where like you see the story, you're like, why? Like, why do I even think like this? And you start to question and you start to laugh at yourself. And I think when you create that distance between the voice and what it's saying and like the actual reality, that's when you can actually shift. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And there was another story. Um, so I'm 32 and I got ghosted for the first time in my life. And that was like a highlight of my summer. <laughs> we, were so, we were away with our yes, other we friend, Emma. We were away and you were talking to this guy. I and know. Like, yeah, and then Everything it was, like, was going so well. It was. And again, just observing myself and like, wow, like this is the first time in a long time, like since my ex, that... I could see this going somewhere. I was like, oh, there's no red flags. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, reasons or excuses for me to run away. This is actually very calm and grounded and like fun and simple. And like we saw each other like a few times and like, you know, everything was going good. Yeah. And then... And then all of a sudden, all of a I sudden, don't, I don't get I ghosting. Still, I still don't get it. <laughs> no. And like my head, because, you know, you and I talked through this and you kind of go to like, well, are they okay? Did they die? Did but, something happen? And like, right? that's where my mind would go yeah. right away. Yeah. As opposed to just like, like ghost, like how immature is ghosting? I was like, we're in our thirties, dude. Like, like come throw on. some balls and like, <laughs> <laughs> like tell me, you know, like if, and, I, and I've said that too, to some guy, like, look, this was a great date or after like texting back and forth, like. Like, you just say it, you know? Like, we, as humans, we like closure. We like to know what to expect. So it was really interesting. But again, to, to watch myself not going to, like, oh, I did something wrong. This means something about me. Exactly. Yes. I didn't go there yeah. at all, which was great. Like, it showed me, like, okay, I, I have, like, the self-esteem and the confidence in myself to not abandon myself again mm. in a relationship. And it was like, cool, like, thank you. Grateful for this guy. You ghosted me, but, you know, you were the first one in a while that I could see a potential. So, again, right, just observing which side you want to go with, which which story you want to bring into your um, your dating, you know, shenanigans. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was interesting. I think for me, there were a few, like, really key things that you said that helped me shift my perspective on things. And one was, again, just because you go on a dating app, just because you like someone back, just because you go on one date doesn't mean that the rest of your life is now bound to this person. Like that puts a lot, a lot of pressure on you to make a good decision on very little information. Yeah. The other one was, as you said, like letting go of stories and focusing more on how you felt around this person mm -hmm. than being so preoccupied of does this person like me and how do I get them to like me it's mm -hmm. well do I like this person and do I like how I feel and who I am around this person and those were two very very big mm -hmm. you know pieces of advice that you didn't really yeah. say directly to me but you said them to me and yeah. I was like oh that was impactful yeah and that was a revelation for me too because you know consciously or subconsciously we kind of have a list right like mm. i want the guy to be da, da 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 to look a certain way and stuff and i just got rid of the list because i have met guys who check all the boxes on that list but the energy and how i was feeling with them that's just not how i want to feel on a daily day-to-day -day -day basis and then i would meet other guys that like i was like oh wow like for me calm and grounded like 
that's my home base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't want to be with a partner who doesn't allow me to remain in that very calm and grounded energy. Um, so that was a revelation for me too. I was like, wow, actually at this stage of my life, how I'm feeling is way more important than if the guy travels or works out. And again, dating at a quote unquote later stage. I mean, I'm still young, but like, I feel like I've lived 200 lifetimes already, but in that stage of like growth and like awakening and stuff, like I'm whole, I'm not looking for my other half. Yeah. You know, that's huge. So I mean, I'm, I'm, would I like a man who's spiritual? Absolutely. But I already have my spiritual soul tribe with who I can have these conversations and do ceremonies. Would I like a man who works out and is active? Oh, absolutely. But I already work out, you know? Yeah. Like I don't need somebody to complete me or like I'm not to be you to be me. Right. Would I love a man who travels for sure? But even if he doesn't, I'm still going to go travel because that's that's one of my values and that's part of me. So that was cool as well to see like I'm not I'm whole. I want somebody to amplify my life and I'm in a stage of my life where I'm open to having somebody, you know, come along the ride and be side by side and not be like all intertwined. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I think it's so important to enter into this not with desperation and like a scarcity mindset, Mm -hmm. which, of course, you're doing the opposite, which is awesome because I think when we do that, it's like your standards tend to fall fall by the wayside. Your trust in yourself tends to fall by the wayside because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm running out of time or there aren't that many good guys out there or I could be alone for the rest of my life. Or it's and, fertile ground for codependency and like, you know, yeah. abandoning yourself. You and, and, and overlooking things that we otherwise wouldn't overlook. The red flags. The red flags. I've also seen even like what you were talking about there um, with asking, you know, how does this person make me feel? I kind of, I kind of like had this download as you were talking of like after you kind of like awaken and, and grow and like truly get to know yourself. It's almost like there's an advanced level of like what red flags are for you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the the typical you know toxicity and then narcissism and all and all that stuff of red flags. But when you know yourself and you really know what you're looking for and especially how they make you feel. Th- that definition of red flags can really just be broadened out into different areas for yourself of what is a red flag for you and not just like what a typical red flag would mm-hmm. be called. Yeah. And that's like your grounding and like your, your anchors almost because I still have these thoughts. Like, am I just going to be single for the rest of my life? And like, am I worthy of love? And like, why is this area a little harder for me, you know, compared to like the travels and the business. So, but I, I, I listen to the voice, I don't engage with it, right? But when you know yourself and you can trust that, okay, is this a red flag? Is this like a wound? Is this like my inner child? Like which which part of myself is saying these things? And yeah, when you know yourself, you can go back to that whole self and that higher self and that that part of you that knows what's best and that comes from pure love, you know, and again, what's best for you and not from the ego or the fears or the wounds. So that's helpful to, yes, notice the red flags, but also like, oh, am I just creating a red flag because I'm scared I want to run away because I'm catching feelings? Or is it like an actual thing that I need to consider, you know? Yeah, it's a huge protective mechanism. I know, Sarah, I was saying to you that I'm like, I find no one attractive. 
I just and and I and me saying like I don't know if that's just me trying to protect myself like if I'm still being very guarded I mean obviously I I am at this point right like I'm not putting myself out there but I am open mm-hmm. this that's progress for me and I think I get in my head in terms of like oh my goodness I've been single for however long am I should should I be going out there like should I have healed faster like is this just taking me too long yeah. um it's like you, you get into your head too much absolutely too. and especially I mean with your situation there was a huge breach of trust there was you know the rug pulled out from underneath of you um with that last relationship and you even mentioned earlier about like trusting yourself to choose someone and I think I think that can be said for a, a lot of people getting back out on the market, whether you were in a highly toxic relationship or you've just been in relationships that just never work out. It's kind of like, well, what am, what am I doing wrong here? Like, why do I keep choosing this type of person or mm-hmm. relationships that don't keep working out? And so Greer, where do you feel like you're at with that, that trust in yourself? Uh, it's, it's better. It, it's, it's a lot better. Um, and I'm able to actually show up in like my friendships authentically me. Like I was going to say, like having these friendships has allowed me to see what healthy relationships mm-hmm. look like and how I actually want to be treated by, you know, people in my life and sort of, I, I think my tolerance for bad behavior was a little bit too high and sort of you know, moving that to a place where it's like, okay, I can still have compassion for someone and I can still forgive them for what they did, but I don't have to tolerate that in my life. And of course, the relationships I have with you, with, you know, our other girlfriends, they're just so incredible that I'm like, well, now I kind of know that the standard is high, like for We've any set guy. The bar really yeah, high. any guy out there listening to this. <laughs> but um, you deserve nothing less. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and like I and I say, I know I say the same to you all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, just because you haven't found someone or you've maybe been dating for a while and been single for a while, don't lower your standards just to not be single. Like, and for me, it's really been this focus of how do I on my own make my life as full as possible like claudia you're talking about all your travels like that's that's the goal like i am whole and i am complete and i'm living a life that i love Mm -hmm. and if there's someone out there who wants to join me awesome if not i'm gonna keep doing me yeah and it's gonna be great Mm -hmm. yeah Mm, yeah we did uh we did a deep dive in the sisterhood recently all around attachment styles blew my mind (laughs) i'd love to talk about that um and i mean a secure attachment style is really what you're looking for in a relationship and both of you have been talking about that one characteristic of that which is being whole within yourself and really just looking for someone to walk alongside with and have like that that team partner aspect of a relationship not needing someone to to fill a void or make you whole or um you know all those those codependency uh type of qualities and so um claudia if you don't mind me oh i can share (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm like do i do yeah i'm talking with them because i'm i'm the same i know uh, so sarah texted me and she's like oh you know we're doing a deep dive tomorrow like i feel you're really gonna resonate and like enjoy the topic and stuff so i watched you ladies on the replay 
I'm doing the quiz and then I send her a screenshot, you know, I was like, yeah, definitely avoidant. <laughs> but it's funny because as I was listening to the deep dive and like reading through like the different characteristics of the different ones, I could see a lot of like anxious behaviors when I was with my ex because I felt like, oh, I finally met you. I've been single most of my life. I've met you. You're the one. We have the same vision. And like, I fell in love with this vision of us, you know, traveling and like having businesses and blah, blah, blah. So let me hold on to you forever and like text you all the time and try to save you and pay for everything because what if you leave me? So it was a lot of that anxious, you know, mm -hmm. type of relationship or attachment in that relationship. But then outside of that specific relationship, yeah, everything else was mainly avoidant. And again, it's just fear of being hurt, right? Yeah, and fear of, for me, it's a lot of like, there's some beliefs around I'm going to lose X, Y, Z if I'm in a relationship. And mm. I'm really trying to work on that. But like, I'm going to lose my freedom. I'm going to lose my you know, the freedom to travel. I'm going to have to like meet the other person halfway or do like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, that belief that's there. So I'm trying to really work on that. I'm like, no, like the person's going to amplify and not take away from. Yeah. So that's why like just avoiding <laughs> is, well, feels safer. So I'm the odd one out here. Um, I am an anxiously attached partner. Um, but of course, I, as I'm talking, I'm displaying avoidance in my behaviors. That doesn't mean that my attachment style is avoidant because obviously when I am with my primary attachment figure, I do lean towards that. So one of the things I know about attachment is that we can bring different attachment styles to different relationships mm, that we have. That obviously sense. all of us here, we're in a very secure relationship, but we are also not necessarily each other's primary attachment figures. Mm -hmm. So as I said, like friendships have been super healing for me because I can go, oh, if I can be secure in this relationship and I can have secure behaviors and have secure behaviors modeled back to me, I know I can bring that into a future relationship of mine. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously being very aware of what someone else's attachment style is as well. I know that dating avoidance, as much as I have tried, has not worked for me in the past. <laughs> <laughs> and so being on the lookout again for how does it feel? Do I feel like I'm on a roller coaster ride? Do I feel like my attachment system is just on fire and to not equate that with love and equate yeah. that with a, oh yeah. this person is triggering my attachment system it's probably not going to work very well or it's going to be hard and they will have to be very aware um, like both parties will have to be very aware to mitigate those tendencies mm -hmm. so when you do meet someone and you're like oh man i think they're kind of boring that you're probably looking at someone with a secure, secure attachment yeah. style and that's why I said like prioritizing how you feel around someone versus a story or a checklist and actually looking for, hey, do I feel calm? Do I feel grounded? Mm -hmm. Because if ever you're sitting across from someone and you do feel like anxious or anything like that, okay, that, that whatever, whatever it tells you, that's information that you can use going forward. Mm -hmm. And now knowing and having done all this work, mm -hmm. I can actually interpret that data yeah. and make smart decisions on it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Um, Sarah, you were avoidant before. Like you mentioned, you really resonated with that um, style of attachment. 
and now you're like in a secure relationship, what are the, some, some of the key things that you healed or that, you know, you worked on to get from avoidant to secure? That's a huge, and so FYI, I didn't realize I was doing that work. I think it just kind of came with the, I mean, it, when you're, Joe and I, going on eight years, like what I mentioned, the growth we've had definitely had to heal our attachment styles in order for that growth of the relationship. And mm-hmm. so me being the avoidant one where kind of like what you were saying of like afraid to lose my space or like when we had the kids, like it felt so crowded in the house. And I'm like, I just need my office and like, this is my space and this is where my stuff is. Um, also can emotionally close down really easy, can mm-hmm. push people away, doesn't want to have those deep conversations. Uh, whereas Joe was on the at- uh, anxious side. And so if you don't know, usually you attract your opposite. And so anxious attachment style will attract the avoidant. And so the anxious is, um, they can come across more as like needy, where like they want to talk about things or they'll be texting you all the time. And they're trying to just always kind of have their claws in you. Is kind of like <laughs> Claws? No, we're just super bonders and we're, we do not fear closeness. Yeah. And so whenever Joe and I would have conflict, uh, like he would just want to sit there and like talk about it forever. And I'm like, get me like, <laughs> avoid, avoid, avoid. Yeah. This is too much intimacy. And so some of the things that we healed, um, I can't think of like anything really specific and maybe this is specific but like communication patterns and i have heard time and time again you know the key to a good relationship is good communication especially like if you live with someone you spend their life with them like we run a business together like when there's not communication there's just so much uh, void and then there's so much left to interpretation of like what are they thinking or like I'm just going to project my thoughts onto that situation versus really seeing like his perspective and what he's going through and so the hard conversations and even just voicing out how you're feeling so now like in hard conversations especially like I'm known to shut down like my mind will go blank and like I don't know what to say because conflict kind of startles me like that or it maybe it's the avoidant tendency of just not wanting to talk about it so emotionally shutting down is just to communicate so sometimes when there's a hard conversation I'll just flat out say like I I, I don't know what to say right now like I'm feeling very like hot in my body like I, I really don't want to be sitting here like talking like I'm feeling really uncomfortable and so just voicing like your experience of what you're going through um or like the lens of perception and so if something rubs me the wrong way or I might think that there's something like bothering him I'll just flat out like you know like hey like what's going through your mind right now or this is the story I'm telling Mm -hmm. myself about this situation like what's your perspective or what are you thinking Mm -hmm. about and so that that has been game changer or even when I feel because a lot can go unsaid in a romantic relationship and this is when passive aggressiveness can come out yeah, and then like the fight about the, the fight about the dishes is never the fight about the dishes <laughs> no, never. right yeah and so even when like I can sense like because we've been together for so long like I can sense when his energy shifts like instantly like I'll just like even like put my hand on his shoulder I'm like hey like what's up is everything okay and even creating that safe space for him just to like open up and share what he's saying thinking feeling um, game changer. What I would point out is that one, you were both very willing participants, mm-hmm. right? You were both very aware. You both wanted this to work. You were committed. Um, and you were open to 
being wrong and moving into uncomfortable spaces. Like I know for you, probably even just sitting down and as you said, having those conversations was really hard, but you were willing to do it. You're willing to go through the discomfort in order to get to another side. And I think also, you know, you can heal uh, attachment systems and attachment dynamics indirectly by just bringing that awareness in by just opening up that communication and really attuning to your partner and i see that even though i know you said that you only recently heard about you know attachment styles and just started learning about it you were still doing it yeah right you just didn't know that's like when there's a willingness to grow Mm -hmm. and a willingness to grow the relationship you don't have to label it as something no not at all that's what you're gonna but i can remember very clearly like a huge turning point for our relationship was um I I don't even remember the exact situation but it was something that came up and like we had been on like really good solid ground like big into growth work like for a while um but the relationship had never taken like a a really conscious focus and there was something that happened that like shifted the energy in the house I remember we had the kids at the time and it was like a really like awkward evening and we hadn't felt that energy with each other in a long time and it was like one of those situations where like we're at dinner and we're having conversation with the kids but like him and I are just like disconnected and like checked out right and I'm just like oh no like this is like not the way we're having this relationship and I even like said that to him afterwards I'm like this feels very weird and again just like voicing I'm like I can feel the shift in the energy like this feels very weird and the kids end up going to bed and we went down to the basement in our old house which is like three floors down from their bedroom and we sat up almost the whole night and just sat in the basement and talked and there was periods of like sometime like oh my god I'm gonna cry just thinking about this where there would be like 90 minutes two hours where we sat there in silence and just like looked at each other and I'm like I don't know what to say he's like I don't know what to say either. And like you sit in those hard conversations, like you sit in those hard times just to the willingness to work out. And it's more so like getting to understand that other person. Like I want to understand you. I want to understand how you interpret things and like why you perceive it as that or like why that really bothers you. And like that like fight or conflict or like the resolution that we went through was game changer for like everything moving forward because like when you're willing to sit in the uncomfortable conversations that's when like I saw that like he truly like loved me and like Mm -hmm. that devotion to the relationship to like want to change because oftentimes it's not necessarily about the fight it's that repair afterwards and for too many couples that repair doesn't happen or it comes too late. Yes. So that the the rift is bigger than what can be repaired. Yes. And yeah. if you just kind of keep going, uh, it it will just fall apart. So the fact that you guys were able to come together, yeah. and even though it took all night, that was the repair that needed to happen yeah. in order for you guys to move forward. Mm-hmm. And it gives you a chance to break the patterns. Break the patterns. That's Break the huge. patterns. Like yeah. I'm. That's my phase of dating right now. Just yeah. watching myself falling back into old patterns and like I deleted the app last week because I was like, yeah, no, I'm done. You know, and just falling back into I'll just stay single for a while because it's safer. When you when you have that time, that safe space within you, within your relationship, uh, within some friendships, you can just observe yourself and like, okay, old Claudia would do this. Yeah. 
Corinne Claudia is trying to break that pattern. It's not easy. I'm sitting in the shame sometimes and guilt and discomfort, but I'm doing it. And then what's on the other side of it, you know, like a next level within your relationship with Joe or like, yeah. you know, another date maybe next week or yeah. whatever that's going to look like. But yeah. yeah, it's that that time, that conscious awareness allows you to make a grounded decision and respond and not react. And yeah. that's where you break the patterns. Yeah. And even speaking of like breaking patterns of like, so like, how do you break pat? Like even like in a relationship was to like turn the lens on myself in a hard conversation. And like my go-to is defense. I will fucking, I will defend <laughs> myself. Like, nope, not me, blah, blah, blah. Is to like watch what my initial pattern is. Like I will catch myself defending now. Mm-hmm. Um, like as an example, um, Joe and I have actually, we've, Greer and I and Joe have decided that we're going to put a pause on the podcast for a little while and something we wanted to mention on this podcast. Yeah. Hey, everyone, just by the way. <laughs> and sorry, so that was a hard conversation with Joe and I have just like there's some other stuff that's coming up in the business that needs attention. My health hasn't been that great. My capacity has been low. And so just evaluating of like where time and energy is being spent. And um, during that conversation, I caught myself being defensive instantly and I stopped myself from being defensive instantly and then I was like looking at this from like a logical rational Mm -hmm. um, perspective and so when you can stop your own patterns like in action like that's when change like really happens because you literally change the dynamic of the conversation Mm -hmm. Well, well what I hear both of you saying is is that it's not just the conversations it's not just identifying your thoughts it's actually going out and doing the thing yeah that uh, and that's ma- the hard, major green right? flag to look for is when actions match words yes. and words match action. you can match read actions. all the books listen to all the <laughs> yeah, podcasts but like if, all the conferences but like unless you're actually shifting yeah unless mm-hmm. you're actually doing it and even like I know it's hard like when you're in a hard conversation, you know, with someone and like that energy gets flowing in a certain way, right? And like one of the tools that Joe and I have really grabbed onto and it it just works for us is like one of us calls timeout. Like if you could just like and that's breaking a pattern right there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's like I've said something I didn't want to say or a tone or just like, you know, it happens when conversations sometimes get heated where we're just like timeout. Like, can we just start this conversation over again? And it can create that neutral ground again to like show up the way you really want to show up. And it actually like makes you alert and conscious and you actually get to choose something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because when the emotions take over, it's a little harder to be aware, you know, and to stop the patterns. Yeah. Um, obviously I coach, you know, fitness and nutrition coaching. It's the same when you're, I made so many analogies between my eating disorders that I had like 10 ish years ago and dating. It's like, when you're about to binge or when you're binging, you know, you're in it, you observe yourself, but if you're sucked into the emotions that led to the binge, it's really hard to put the bag of cookies away. Like you're still going to eat the whole thing. Right. Whereas if you're more aware, calm, grounded, you know, your nervous system is regulated. You can consciously choose to Mm -hmm. put the cookies away or like not get defensive or whatever the pattern is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like that difference between having emotions or the emotions having you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think even, you know, we've talked about being in in the observer seat, like that is like step number one. Like you, you have to 
stay in that conscious awareness of like this is how I'm acting and Mm -hmm. like this is the tone of voice that's coming out of me and these are my you know wounds showing up and here's Mm -hmm. my attachment style being triggered and it's cool to know all these different areas which is why like growth and personal development and spiritual work is like so 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 Mm -hmm. transformative for your life but when you can stay in that observer seat as much as possible then you're able to like grab your tool belt of like okay like what am I going to use here in order to help me out of this pattern exactly and what helped me um, now really loving to be in that observer seat is to be in that observer seat almost like laughing at myself and not making a big deal mm-hmm. when I would see some patterns come yeah. back, right? So instead of being so critical and like, I'm not being perfect and like, what are you doing? You know, going back to like this pattern that you thought was healed and forever gone. And then like six months later, you're still back in it and just, you know, being super harsh on myself. I would just almost like, have the conversation in my head but like with a smile like huh look at you claudia you're still people pleasing you know yeah you're still you know texting this person okay cool like neutral ground you know with a lot of love which is so much more helpful than to like get out of the pattern or just keep being aware than if you're harder on yourself and just shame yeah, shaming yourself, yourself how and dare like you? how dare you <laughs> like you mess Be up again. <laughs> okay okay so you fall back into an old pattern and then you're just gonna throw in some shame and some judgment and some <laughs> self-hatred and then you're gonna stay in that state as long for as long as you need to feel like you've suffered enough yeah and then you're gonna go back out you're gonna recommit to okay i'm not gonna fall in that pattern and you're gonna keep going but would it not be easier to fall into the pattern catch yourself and then just get right back on track and skip all of that unnecessary Mm -hmm. you know wallowing in Mm self-pity and not only that like what i remind myself as well is like being in that energy does not serve me not if i want to attract a partner that matches with the frequency that i would love to be in in a relationship when I'm like in self-pity and like shame and like guilt and like bashing myself because I was triggered or like my wound, you know, got hit, I'm not in the energy I want to be in to attract that relationship. And that's why I deleted deleted the app <laughs> um, a week ago because I was like, I just could see myself just going through the motion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is not the energy I want to project. Because now I'm just saying to the universe, like, it's a habit now to go on the app and, like, I don't even want to match with anybody. Like, no, I don't want to be in that state, yeah. right? So, because it's not serving me and it's, I'm not going to attract that conscious relationship. So, I just yeah. love how intentional you're being about yeah. all of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm still single, but... Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm same, trying. same, but you're I'm doing trying. it. You're doing you're it. You're doing it. Peter is on his way. Oh, Peter. <laughs> Peter. Yeah. Do you know the Peter story for you? Isn't he like your ideal man and you just kind of named him Peter? Oh, yeah. That was yeah. in the mastermind like three years ago, I think. 2020? Oh, that was a while ago. It was like Claudia was part of our mastermind <laughs> and love has been a topic of conversation oh, yeah. many times. And I don't know who or where it came from. I think it was Jody. Jody? Yeah. One of, the, one of our She's like, we'll just, we'll just name him Peter. So Peter is this fictional future husband the placeholder the placeholder placeholder yeah so every mastermind so we would meet in person every three months Mm -hmm. um that would be like the kind of the running gag right like so claudia like give us an update on business and like did you meet peter you know (laughs) peter yeah (laughs) so peter if you're listening (laughs) (laughs) but your name doesn't have to be peter every peter listening that's gonna be like it's me yeah (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful ladies, thank you.
This, um, this was great. Yeah, yeah this felt like soul therapy. <laughs> <laughs> you like literally just landed here from driving, and I was like, "No one talk. We're gonna turn the mics on. Yeah. We have to save our conversations so we can use them as content." <laughs> and like I said, like it's it's not an area of my life that I talk about for many reasons. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been fun to dive in, and that's what like that's another intention. I was like, I don't want to make a big deal out of this when I started dating because mm. that too, like talk about like childhood, you know programming and like for me like nobody would know that I had like a crush on a guy you know in high school or that I made out with this guy at the club like for me it was like I wasn't perfect Mm -hmm. so I would never say out loud like anything about if I was seeing someone dating someone you know sleeping with someone or it was always like very secret in my life and I'm just starting now to open up about it a little bit and I was like oh yeah Claudia is dating this summer like it's not a big deal and I can talk about dates that I went on, you know, at the dinner table with my family. And it's, I'm allowed and it's really not a big deal. But that was also something that was holding me back a few years ago. So I feel like I'm just like coming out, you know, today chatting about I think it's mine too. I'm pretty yeah. sure my entire family is just waiting for me to adopt another cat. Miles would love a, uh, a sibling. I don't think he would actually. No, Miles is not. an only child. <laughs> Oh, thank you, ladies. This, our conversations are always so nourishing. Thank you for having me. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next episode.